0: The KCLR Daily. On air, online and on smart speakers. Now I'm delighted to have in studio with me uh, Maram Salah, who's a master's student at Southeast Technological University in Carlo, And she is originally from Gaza. Maram is on a scholarship programme and uh, has been selected in 2023. So last year. To pursue her master's here. Maram, good morning to you.
1: Good morning to you too.
0: Nice to have you with us and thank you for coming in. Thank you. I have a whole lot of things to talk to you about because, uh, Maram, as we said, you're or is originally from Gaza and. You know, I think the whole situation in Gaza is sitting so heavily on on people's minds at the minute here, as they're watching it play out. So we'll come to that in just a moment, if if that's all right. Um, our our conversation is is probably multi pronged this morning, but first and foremostly, um, I just wanted to talk to you about your your studies and about your visit uh, and your 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 rationale of coming to Ireland. How did you, uh, or when did you come to Ireland?
1: All right, so I got to Ireland in the beginning of September to pursue my master's studies in digital marketing and analysis in Southeast Technological University in Carlow. And uh, so what, why I did that in the first level, I've been working in marketing for three years since my third year at Bachelor. I did my Bachelor in, in Gaza, in Islamic University of Gaza. And I did also one semester in Spain as an Erasmus student. Ah, oh, lovely. Yeah, and then I decided that I got like good base in marketing after two years, and I now wanna integrate the data analytics part with the marketing. So I decided to do masters in Southeast Technological University because they have the program that I'm, you know, that, I'm, that I want to get. So and how did
0: you hear of Southeast Technological University? All right,
1: so what is interesting is the Irish government. Give ten scholarships for ten people in Gaza every year to come here to Ireland to pursue master studies. All right, and I was selected as one of those ten people this like that last year, and I got here in September. So, in the manual of the scholarship itself, like the Irish government, sorry, the the Icos program, which is Irish Council for International Student, the partner with some schools in Ireland around all over Ireland and Southeast Technological University is one of them. And while reading the manual and what programs offered, etc., and I was like studying exactly because I don't want to do master's just for the sake, you know, of going out or like just doing like one year. No, that was a very studied decision and purposeful one. Um, so yeah, I decided to go with Southeast Technological University as this was my first option and I got accepted and here I am in Ireland. How
0: fantastic. And how's the course going for you? You're uh, one semester in just getting yeah. ready to start the second semester. The results will be out yeah. uh, shortly. How is the first semester gone for you?
1: So basically, I, I truly enjoy what I'm what I'm studying and what I'm working. I love digital marketing and I'm a specialist in paid ads. But during what's going on back home, it's like really, really heavy to like work, school assignments, worrying about families, etc. like so many things like mm. on my shoulder. But the course itself is amazing and it is really what I what I wanted to do, you know? Like I had like some expectations and they met the expectation. And I'm here also like specifically for the data part of it. And it's working pretty well.
0: So the expectations are being met and yeah. exceeded. Yeah. How wonderful. Well, it's great uh, to hear that. And it's it's a year long course, am I am yeah. I correct? So yeah. you have another semester uh, still to go. Yeah. Of course, you came to Ireland just days before war broke out in in Gaza. Yeah. Tell me about your family situation then, um, Maram. Tell me who's at home. Tell me what part of Gaza uh, in which you live. Um, You know, your parents, siblings. Talk to me about who's at home, first of all.
1: All right. So uh, I have a family of three brothers and I'm the only girl for the family. My three brothers, I have a younger brother who's 22 years old. His name is Ammar and I have two other brothers. They are twins and they are married and they have babies and one of their babies her name is Maron so oh my god I don't your know, namesake yeah so and my mom and my dad you know so we are t- in total a family of 11 but right now 10 like my whole family is in Gaza and me okay. myself I've been like born and raised in Gaza you know mm. and my family like they are 10 right now and they are seeking shelter in the south but before like the war started. So I, I originally live in the north where all the brutal things are happening right now. And in the like in the end of October, like the idea of called my dad and they told him that you need to evacuate the area and also tell the neighbors to evacuate. And that was like, oh my God, like very, very hard situation where my dad is, like have to evacuate the home and also save other neighbors and call them. And, you know, it's like old and rushed. Mm-hmm. So, so essentially
0: leave their family home, your family home.
1: Yeah, all my family. I'm the only one who was Missing. out. Yeah. yeah. And even like interesting thing that everyone who hears this, they're going to talk that none of my family, they have passport except my brother, younger brother Ammar. Why is only. that? Because it's hard to go out of Gaza, even in the in the normal situation before okay. the seventh of October, it's super super hard to leave, and it's not of their plans like to leave or anything. They just like surrendered Happy. to the current situation and they said, okay, we're staying. So they did not even issue a passport for themselves. But before I left Gaza, I was like asking Amor, like you have to have have a passport, and you know it was randomly a random decision and he get a passport and you look now he it's the only way for him to go out and I'm trying to get him out as well so basically uh when my when my family flee they flee to my grandparents home
0: down south
1: no it's not in, th- in south it's in the middle okay of Gaza and then they ask the whole family where my aunties my cousins my grandparents they were like a total of 70 people they're living in that it's not an apartment it's like a building Mm -hmm. you know 70 people and they also asked them to evacuate There were like no transportation to go there how they would like take those 70 people to the to the south so they figured it out and they flee to the south and now they are in the south in a very very bad like inhumane place where where they are seeking shelter but i'm saying at least they have a ceiling over their heads And that will matter for now. And they are alive, like literally. The only concerns for me is, like, make sure that they are alive and they are like having a ceiling over their heads. That's it. Talk to me.
0: You say they're alive and that's super. And they have that ceiling over their head. Are they alive and safe, in your opinion?
1: They are alive, but they are not safe. Like literally yesterday, my brother told me we may also flee to Rafah, which is like the very, very south of Gaza. You know, at the end point of Gaza. And that would be like crazy. And I was just thinking over the night, oh my God, how would they leave? You know, and also my sister-in-law, she gave birth in that war. That was the first time for her to give birth. And she refused to go to the hospital. And the same day, they bombed the Mahmadani hospital. Like, that's God's plan. She refused to go to hospital and she decided to give birth at home. And my cousin... Who is like uh, housemaid? I guess is, is that yeah midwife is a midwife is it? midwife, yeah, midwife. Sorry, yeah. yeah okay so uh, she's the midwife and she helped her like uh, you know give, give birth. birth and she gave birth to a very nice little boy his name is Nael as my father's name Nile yeah how lovely and even um, so another little cousin to yeah, me I haven't met that one yet so basically yeah and she gave birth at home okay. With over this stage, but now how they will provide for that baby, the sensitization, the sinis, sinis, needed, mm, you know, of for of that course. baby, the milk, etc., and they hardly access those stuff, hardly, and sometimes they can't, you know, so. Yeah, it's it's been like really, really brutal.
0: I'm just thinking I'm not a parent myself, but I'm sure your parents are probably really worried about you over here on this uh, academic adventure. And you are so worried about them. So uh, your experience as a student is very different than what it should be, because, you know, you have all of this in your mind about home,
1: yeah.
0: worries and concerns that obviously a normal student wouldn't have you know because this fear of your of your home and those in your home your family being your home unit being 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 wiped out how 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 does that feel I know that seems like a stupid question but how does that feel for you
1: whilst, whilst
0: trying to undertake your your studies here
1: I guess I guess that I'm mm. doing uh, pretty good at school. Mm. Uh, you can ask Dorothy; she's the program coordinator.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hi Dorothy,
1: if you're listening. So. I'm sure
0: she is. I'm sure she is.
1: Yeah. So I guess that I'm doing pretty good at school. Why? Because I take it like from perspective. I came here for like a specific goal, and I need to pursue that goal because I let if I let go of that goal, it won't help the family at all. Just to sit in my room and grieve and cry. Okay, I did that. I I, I grieved and I cried like so much for some couple weeks. But then that's not helping at all. So I decided to take school from different perspective, where I just dedicated and take my mind off what's going on and the news and you know, I just want to know that family they are fine. They are alive. And I'm just focused on my studies. Like I try to be focused like my studies. Sometimes it works, sometimes not. Of course. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying. It's it's really 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 hard.
0: Can only imagine.
1: Yeah, you've lost
0: cousins and aunts since the war has uh, started. So your family has been, you know, touched by by great tragedy as a result of this yeah. war as as well. How does how does that like? our if if you've seen since you've arrived our ritual of, of funeral and requiem here is is very special, how we mourn the dead. Yeah. How how did that play out then in 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 Gaza? What did they have like um a proper nice funeral or how what happens when, when somebody dies in this sort of a situation in Gaza?
1: Unfortunately, in the situation, if you are in a position that your full body is complete and you're buried, you're privileged. Unfortunately, this is the situation. So many people like, they their organs or their parts like this, you know, they're not together. Mm-hmm. But thanks God, my cousins and my auntie, may they rest in peace. They are like all like full bodies and the rest of the family were able to bury them, you know, and say goodbye. And there is no time like to grieve, you know. Everyone want to survive and escape with their life. Everyone. So there is, uh, there. I would not call it the denial moment, but they're in shock where they can't react because they want to survive and escape. So when my when my auntie she passed away, with her two little children, it's like they are five years old. Her children, with her husband and her all husband family, the all like we killed in that war i haven't uh, cried one tear because i was like that's better that's better option sh- that she she's now with god we're in a better place rather than experiencing this very inhumane situation you know and i was like okay that, that that's better experiencing this uh, tragedy and this uh, trauma and you i was like sometimes thinking Okay, this, there's a ceasefire and the war stopped. How those people will feel? It like losing so many me- family members, losing home and you just like go back to a ripple for your home. That's really, really deep trauma that would never be healed. Me here myself, I, I, I started to get nightmares because of only the videos that I'm, that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. What about those people who experiencing that war themselves? Okay, me myself, I have experienced four wars before. And but it was they they were not as brutal as this were, but still I'm still till today when I go to the therapist, all these stuff come to the surface. I thought that I'm healed because okay I'm in Ireland and I'm safe, okay. But no, it's not. It's all buried inside. But there were no moment to bring it up and when I started to dig deeper to that trauma and that pain, it's still in there, but it's still a couple years ago, but still it's in there. So it's really, really inhumane situation.
0: Are you glad, Maram, to be in Ireland at this time? Or would you rather be with your family? How do you feel about that question?
1: It's a bittersweet truth that I'm here. Mm. Like, I'm physically in Ireland, but mentally and all my thoughts and my heart is with family, you know. And um, basically there is no contact with family till today there is no contact during the 80 days i get to contact family less than 10 times during the sorry today is the 18th 80th sorry 80th day yeah okay of the war only 10 days i get contact family and contact when I say contact family I only contact my brother Ammar who is the only one who's able to leave the home where they're seeking shelter just to charge the the batteries and the phones and get some food or something so he just sent me a message that we're alive we're fine that's it and sometimes I lose connection with them for seven days eight days sometimes for 10 days and Oh, my God, I don't want to even remember the feelings when I lose that connection with them. And I was like, okay, they are gone. You know, and I I start to live the feeling that they are gone. And then I get that that notification. Okay, we're fine. Oh, my God.
0: We're talking later on on the show about religion. Do you pray for your family?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. It's like the only thing that makes me keep going is my religion. I'm a Muslim myself. Mm -hmm. And... I always pray for family that they are like make it out, f- just physically fine. I I don't care about the mental health right now because mm-hmm. mental don't don't matter at all right now. Only physical health. Physically fine. Yeah.
0: Listen, um, the the mental turmoil and trauma of it, I'm sure will will live for for many as a day. Yeah. Talk to me, Maram, about your uh, brother because your brother, as you said at the start of this interview, has a passport, and it it possibly maybe within his gift to leave Gaza and come to Ireland as well. Talk to me about that endeavour.
1: Okay, so basically, my brother Ammar, he's a 22. He used to study industrial, in, industrial engineering back home, and he finished three years out of five. Okay, and he was top of the class. He's an amazing soul. I love him, and I truly miss him. So Ammar, his university was bombed during that war. And even after after the war like his academic, you know, his academic life. There's so many questions about that. There's Mm -hmm. no way to pursue and continue his studies. So I was thinking of, he has the passport. What about getting him to Ireland as a student? And the international, I contacted the international office at the school that I'm studying my master's in, and also the Irish embassy in, in Palestine. And they were super, super supportive to bring him here in terms of documents, because it's hard to even get so many papers and documents right now. in order, yeah. yeah. And they were, like, super supportive in that matter. And now the only constraints is the financial part of of it. But in terms of documents, I'm nearly there. And I'm, like, getting him the offer letter pretty soon. But still, it's the matter of financial side. So people to leave Gaza, Egypt make them... Every person who wants to leave Gaza pays $7,000. Like, can you even imagine just for one person to leave, just to cross the border of Egypt, mm-hmm. you have to pay $7,000 per person, which is a crazy amount. People in Gaza work the whole year to get the $7,000. And now you're telling me that you have just to pay them just to cross the border. Um, so that that's included in the in the financial side that I'm talking about. Moreover, you know, the school uh, school tuition fees, um, you know, all the other associated expenses, travel expenses, visa expenses, etc. And, you know, when he leave Gaza, hopefully, inshallah, soon, he will leave only with the clothes he's, in, he's wearing only. Because when they left home, they were not able to get anything. And now home is nothing but ripple, you know. So he'll become here like starting from the minus, no, n- not from the zero, like literally from the minus, minus. And he's going to restart his studies because he was he was not able to prove that he studied three years at, a, at industrial engineering because the university has been bombed, the servers like corrupted. He's not even able to access his portal. So he'll be portal. starting
0: as an undergraduate.
1: Yeah, he's starting as an undergraduate, but still restart is better than just stuck in there, you know? Of course. And Ammar and so many other students deserve better future, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm I thank God that I'm in a position where I'm the lifeline for the family, where I'd be able like to do something. To help. Yeah.
0: Now, listen, you have set up a GoFundMe. Um, yeah. How can people listening this morning access that GoFundMe?
1: It's through a link. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can easily access the link do the donation and no matter the size of the donation that would really really help
0: so it's um gofund.me gofund.me slash 360 CD2BA that's gofund.me forward slash 360 C D two B A or they can contact us here in Casey Law and we'll circulate that as well. Uh you also have an article in yesterday's nationalist newspaper and people yeah. can uh get it on, on that um as well. Uh, you, you're living in Carlo Moram, yeah. yeah, and how's that how's that going for and will there be a space for your brother to live there as well?
1: So still I haven't figured out the accommodation thing. Yeah. I'm still like in the very Early Uh, early procedures. But once he's out, oh my God, I sleep in... I I live by the river. I sleep by the river and get him in my room, you know? Oh my God. And sometimes when I get to to call him, it's like that's my brother, the very strong person in my eyes. And I call him sometimes and he cries and like, what? That's ridiculous. It gets me like crying, you know?
0: What do you think, just in conclusion, what do you think of... uh, the Terrorists and all the trouble that they that they have caused in in Gaza at this time, what's your feelings for them
1: like uh, what's currently happening in Gaza is me myself I have experienced this, but like not to this level I can't even comprehend that that this is really happening, and what's what what we're seeing in in the media is Maybe around five percent only. Of what's really happening in there? And all people they are out, and you know they're like so angry of what's happening because of what they are seeing in social media. But that's nothing. What the real struggle is in there? I'm against all what's happening, and nobody in the whole universe deserve to struggle and pay the bill of something they did not like do. And that's what the Gazans they are doing. They are paying a bill of something they did not, they did not ask for. So I hope in twenty twenty four some peace will come to that word, whether in in Palestine, whether in Syria, whether all in the Middle East, and what's going on. So yeah.
0: Please God, as well. Listen, it's it's been really nice to talk to you this morning, Maram. I mean that it has Thank been very you. special to chat with you. Um, I wish you well. Thank I don't know you. what else to say to you. I can say nothing else other than I wish you well and your brother and your family. And um, it sounds trite to say continued good wishes in your studies, but I say yeah. that to you as well because I know that's a big part of your of your journey here. But yeah. um, I genuinely wish you well. Thank you very and, much. And um, thank you for chatting with us this morning. Thank you. Good morning to us. Now, um, that was Maram Salah. And if you can, if you're in a position at all to help, uh, go on to that GoFundMe page and help support that. Um, cause it would be most appreciated. Now, uh, let's take a break. Um, I think we need to let that sit with us. So let's take a little break. The kclor Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online, and on smart speaker. With thanks to
1: the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card, the perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie.